This podcast is brought to you by Link, simply the best way to learn languages. After you listen to the podcast, sign up for a free account at Link, L-I-N-G-Q dot com, and study the full transcript using Link's revolutionary learning tools. This evening, I have with me my wife, Carmen. Hi, Carmen. Hi. And, you know, I want to talk about, first of all, I should say that it's the 14th of July, and so Carmen and I went out for dinner. Uh, did we have a nice dinner? Very nice. Very nice. And we even had a glass of champagne, but it wasn't French champagne, it was Spanish sparkling wine. I couldn't tell the difference. All <laughs> right. You know, one thing that's interesting is, Carmen, both you and I, we speak a number of languages. And what was the first language you spoke in your family? Cantonese. Cantonese. And then you went to school, I think, a little bit in English and a little bit in Cantonese. No, all in English. All in English. English immersion. English immersion. But you did go to a school in Chinese at one point. But uh, even English immersion in the playgrounds is usually Chinese spoken. And I later on went to Chinese school, yes. <laughs> but now you also, and of course your mother spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. Did you hear Spanish at home? Very little. Mm. Once in a while, she had friends come over to visit, and they would chat in Spanish. We would be outside playing. We weren't too interested. Mm-hmm. And yet, the the most recent language that you learned is French, because we had uh, very good customers in France, and they visited, and uh, we traveled around British Columbia, and you were in the back of the car with this lady who spoke no English. And day one, could you understand what she was saying? Not entirely, but uh, gesture and everything helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind you, you had studied a bit of French when we lived in Ottawa, but then by day five you were doing fine. Yes. Mm -hmm. We start to understand a little bit more of each other. <laughs> and when we visit France regularly, you have no trouble. Uh, when we are invited to dinner or you're socializing with uh, people over there, mm -hmm. do you worry about whether they understand what you have to say? Uh, no. No. I don't worry. Do you? What about when they say th things that you don't understand? Well, I just try and pick a few words that I understand and the rest, I don't care. <laughs> uh -huh. So on that basis, you speak Cantonese and, of course, Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And then we lived in Japan for nine years, and I think your Japanese is pretty fluent. Or is it sort of specialized for certain things that you're more interested in? No. Uh, when we lived in Japan, I had to learn some Japanese because nobody else spoke English. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't speak any Japanese, you wouldn't get anywhere. Mm -hmm. So uh, in all of your shopping and uh, occasionally at parties, did we have to speak Japanese? Yes. I guess so. Regularly. Regularly. And You'd have to use Japanese almost on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Talking to a taxi driver, you take a lot of taxis there. You have mm -hmm. to be to be able to direct them to where you're going, and you know how the Japanese addressing system is. It's not easy to find a place. <laughs> It's non-existent. No. No. What is their system? You basically have to know a landmark somewhere to direct the taxi driver to, and after that, you're just guessing. Mm-hmm. It's although uh, if you gave him a map, he could figure it out. Well, they divide them into blocks and numbers, right? Mm -hmm. But 
is really hard to figure out Japanese addresses. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and Mandarin. Well, how did you learn Mandarin? Because you didn't have Mandarin at, uh, in Hong Kong. Well, I didn't really learn it. I just picked it up here and there, mm-hmm. listening to people talk. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's, I, it's, yeah. I'm still not that good at it. No, but your Mandarin uh, pronunciation is a lot better than a lot of uh, Cantonese speakers. Well, I have no trouble pronouncing things. Mm-hmm. I have why, more trouble understanding. <laughs> why is that? Why is it that like a lot of Cantonese speakers who uh, who went to school in Chinese have trouble speaking Mandarin? Their pronunciation is terrible. Not terrible, but very typically Cantonese. Then you don't have that strong Cantonese pronunciation. Why yeah. do you think that is? Well, I've been exposed to more languages mm-hmm. than the average Cantonese person. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's right. I think we our brains get a little more flexible. If we only have one language, whether that be Cantonese or English, then the second language we learn, we are, we struggle with with the differences. But if we have a lot of different languages, we're a little more flexible. Mm-hmm. What is the what is the next language you want to learn? Mm, perhaps learn up my French better and mm. Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spanish. I mean, how good is your Spanish? Not very good. Not very good. But uh, we were talking about maybe going to Mexico in the fall. And I bet you if you were down there for a few weeks, you would uh, start talking to the local uh, shopkeepers and so forth, and uh, it would come, it would develop. Oh, yes. It wouldn't take long. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you have interests in music, you have interests in food, uh, travel. I think people who are interested in different cultures, they are, their attitude is, is one that they're more open to different languages. Don't you think that's your case too? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you watch, uh, the, for example, the Food Channel, you're interested in the cooking of different, from different countries and, and so forth. I think languages is, is part of just being interested in what's happening in this world. Yes. Would you agree? Yes. And yeah. then uh, food goes with wine, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, travel. And then the regional foods are also interesting. If you go to Spain, you get a lot of very fresh seafood and some shellfish you've never seen before. And then, of course, the spices they use are different. For example, saffron is a very unique uh, spice used by the Spanish to make their saffron rice. Paella. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, some other countries use it too but that's very typically Spanish mm-hmm. so when you're traveling in those areas that's the kind of thing that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah we like to go to uh, to Spain um, when we were in uh, in Marbella Malaga some of those restaurants where you go in and you see the the fresh fish just there on the counter and you point at what you want and they make it the way you want it Mm-hmm. Especially that shellfish restaurant in in uh, Marbella was delicious. Yes, was they had those good. those what were they called those uh, razor clams or no those long razor clams razor clams yeah yeah and and I think the other thing too I guess is if uh, if you are more comfortable in different languages then you don't feel I mean do you, when you go to Spain even though your Spanish is not fluent at least you don't feel out of place you don't oh, feel stranded no, no no I can make myself understood and I can usually understand what they say to me mm-hmm. it's just that I haven't been speaking it regularly so I'm a little shy mm-hmm. 
uh, at using it, plus a few grammatical mistakes, so you're not so comfortable. That's all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, that generally makes the fact that you know, in the worst case, you could communicate makes you feel more comfortable in the country, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, if yeah. we go to a country where we have no clue uh, about the local language, you no. always feel a little more uneasy. You feel more like a tourist. You feel more separate from the people. Whereas if you can communicate, then you feel a little more comfortable. I do anyway. Would you agree with that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially if you go to a place like Japan, where uh, English isn't heard Uh, you do have to speak Japanese. Everything is written in Japanese. All the uh, stations... uh, Train stations. Train stations is written in Japanese. The announcements, yeah. If you don't know the uh, station name, then you're out of luck. (laughs) You could be going for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting, people who speak English only... They kind of think that everybody everywhere is going to speak English. They Sometimes they're a bit surprised when they go to, to Japan and find out that most people don't speak English. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've had a short visit here with Carmen. We've just come back from our dinner. And now we're going to go and see what we can find in the way of a little bit of dessert. What did we have for dinner tonight? We had a, some kind of a, a brie melt tapenade salad. And what was the other course we had? Well, that's really like a sandwich. Right. open face sandwich with brie cheese and chicken on top. And mushrooms. Uh, tapenade. Well, but there so were mushrooms was too. Right? There, were, there was the, yes, uh, the, the, the olive tapenade and the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was uh, they, their own version of salad niçoise. And what did they have? With tuna. Their tuna was a, a, a very sort of almost raw but seared ahi tuna. With uh, with uh, salad that had sun dried tomatoes and and uh, olives, and then the other dish we had was the sushi roll. We had oh that was very good. We had a sushi roll with a little bit of like uh, the nori, the seaweed on the outside was sort of done like tempura. Well, basically they made a tuna sushi roll with. Uh, nori on the outside nori is seaweed seaweed on the outside and then they breaded and f- deep fried the outside mm-hmm. of the seaweed but the, the the sushi was still raw on the inside yeah uh, so uh, but that was very good yeah and then you had then we had that pasta capellini mm-hmm. pasta dish that was very good with pesto sauce mm-hmm. and uh, we had that with our uh, with our uh, spanish uh, champagne and I also had another glass of, uh, of wine, California wine, as in Fendel. So that was a nice dinner. Okay. So that was to celebrate his, uh, Steve's affiliation with France. <laughs> you know, I spent three years in France. I studied there. It's a big part of my life. I mean, there's many countries that have influenced me with their culture, their language. France is one of them. Japan, obviously, is another one. Uh, China, Spain, Sweden... Uh, yeah, but I have a soft spot in my heart for France. So this is our uh, July the 14th Bastille Day <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Okay, bye for now. Bye-bye.